John chapter 15. Uh, somebody, if you would, read for me verses 9 through 17, please. As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends, if ye do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, and, and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that wheresoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it to you. These things I command you, that ye love one another. Well, have you noticed a reoccurring theme in St. John in the last, in, in this series of uh, lessons after Judas's carrot left uh, the theme is love it's always love he, he said it several times in uh, chapter 14 he's uh, said it uh, now uh, twice in this uh, this scripture setting that we've got verse uh, 17 and verse uh, verse 12 and so the commandment is is all about love and it's not about it's not just about the love of God, and, and like I said before, it's not about how God loves us. It's, do we love God? That is always the question. There's no, no doubt how much God loves us. He's proven himself by giving us his son that, that he loves us uh, more than anything. And so the question is, do we love God with that same type of love? Can we love one another like Jesus loves us? Well, Jesus was God. How much did he love us enough to lay down his life for us? And he addresses this very type of love here. And so uh, I preached a sermon out of this uh, very text right here, and it was entitled The Love Connection. And, uh, and so this is, uh, you know, when you, when you look at this, he, he's continuing to teach about being the true, he's the true vine, and that we are to stay connected to him. What connects us to him? love he, he makes it uh, evident the love is the connection the holy spirit of course you got to have the holy spirit to be a, a bearer of fruit but uh the the connection is love the vine is love the nutrient is love the connection is all about love and so uh, we we need to stay connected uh, by that love and jesus says as the father hath loved me so have i loved you and now now look at this he says in verse 9 what does he tell us to continue in? Continue in my love. And so our life in Christ is supposed to be a continuation of his love for, for other people and for the brethren especially. And so that's what he's, he's talking to his apostles here. Of course, like we said this many times, this word is written for our benefit today. It was written by them, and it was not, now listen, it was not written at the time he was speaking this word. These, these gospels were written after the Holy Ghost was poured out. And these men got together, and the Holy Spirit reminded them uh, what Jesus had said, and each one wrote. And, I, and a lot of people say, well, the Gospels are proof that, uh, that, that there's not one author, that it's not God. And I said, well, you, you can't look at it like that. You can study Matthew. Matthew covers a lot of events. You look at Mark. Mark, uh, is, to me, is the one that was written by somebody that didn't seem as well educated as the rest of them. Luke was a great physician, and I mean, was the physician, and he told us that he wrote it from the, what he heard from the people who had lived with Christ and walked with Christ. And he put it in order as it happened. And then we have John that wrote his gospel last. And what you do, you look at all the gospels and you connect them. You don't try to differentiate them. You don't try to make them four separate books. It's one gospel. Amen? Just like uh, the, the Lord and, and, the, and the Father and the Spirit are one. The gospel, the four books of the gospel, they're one book. Okay? And so they connect with each other. And each one of them don't tell you a different story. They tell you sometimes more of the story than the first one didn't. 
And and you know you can use the example of uh, of the, uh, the the demon possessed man of Gadara. One of the gospels records that, and it only mentions one man. Mark says there was two men. Well, what do you get from that? A con uh, that, that, that it's a contradiction. No, it's what it is. There was two of them, all right, because Mark said there was two, of them, but there was one of them that they really noticed because he's crazier than them. Okay, <laughs> and so the, that's what Matthew put his attention on was this one. I believe it was Matthew, uh, this one instead of the two. And so uh, these, these things are, are things that you have to understand. We have to take God's word as a whole. You know, we, and I quoted this for y'all before, uh, Isaiah tells us how it's given to us, how God works. He works line upon line, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. So all through the centuries of the writings of God, he divulges and, and shows us more and more and more and more of himself. I started uh, my, my uh, Bible study in my, my journals. I, I started in the Old Testament. And, and after I finished the Bible, I looked back after I finished the New Testament and really studying the New Testament, I need to go back and restudy the Old Testament because I missed so much that's, that is revealed in the New Testament. We can't never study enough. Amen? Reading the Bible one time ain't, ain't, ain't enough because you miss too much. And, and, and I've read the Bible multiple times. Anita's read the Bible multiple times. And every time I read it, I still find something I didn't get. And so that's the way the Word of God is. It's alive, and it, and it relates to every generation the same way. And it deals with the hearts of men. It don't deal with the, the political situation. You can't throw politics into it. Jesus refused to let that happen, and I refuse to let that happen, although it's getting harder and harder not to do it. But, but at the same time, it deals with the hearts of men. Okay? And so that's what we need to focus on is the hearts of men. And so uh, Jesus said, you have to continue in my love. And, and this, is, this, this is why that, you know, uh, I don't know how many of y'all did experiencing God. And I mentioned it a lot here lately because uh, John, St. John was a lot of the scriptures that was used in that by Henry Blackaby. And, and, uh, and one of the things that he said, he said a lot of things that stuck with me that I still remember today uh, from that, uh, that study. And one of those things that stuck with me is that we must have a continuing love relationship with Jesus Christ. This scripture promotes that. He said, continue ye in my love. That means continue loving me and continue having a relationship with me. What do we do when we find ourselves steeped in sin? What do we do? Our relationship suffers. We don't, we don't even want to pray because we know we have sin in our lives. And the only sin he's ready to hear is that sin of confession and sin of repentance. And then he can, he can use you again. And so we, if we're not careful, we'll carry that burden around with us. Well, we don't have to. What makes us do that? Somebody tell me. We don't want to humble ourselves. We don't want to own up to ourselves that we did wrong. We don't, and, and so we are held accountable and we are held responsible for our own actions. Amen. Now, thank goodness I'm not accountable for Anita. She's not accountable for me. All right? Now, I'm accountable to my family in one way. It's my job as the father of the household to teach them about Jesus and make sure they follow me. That's my work. That's my work. Okay? She has the same job of teaching the children as I do. Amen? And so I'm supposed to lead by example. I saw a statistic one time that said when the father gets saved in the household, 83% of the time, the whole family gets saved. When the mother gets saved, 18% is the success rate for the rest of the family. Now you think about that. Why, is that. why does that statistic hold ring true? Because that's God's way. That's God's plan. That's the way God designed it to be. And so that's why I tell you all the time, I love the men in this church. I love to see the men in this church because God wants to use you in your household and in your family and that that uh, that leadership role in, the, in your Christian walk for your family is designated to you okay and the woman also and thank God I, all the time thank God for women when the husband wouldn't step up they did and did their best but God's design is for that man to be the spiritual leader in his house amen and so we need that continuing spiritual love relationship 
with Jesus Christ that is real and it is personal. Amen? It's real and it's personal. How many of y'all believe Christ is real? How many of you believe the Holy Spirit is real? How many of you believe that prayer is heard by God? It's real. Then why wouldn't we want to take advantage of that great blessing that Jesus provided for us on the cross that when he died, that veil of separation was torn away and we can walk boldly before the throne of grace. What a blessing. We don't even think sometimes what a blessing prayer is. Amen. Amen. We've seen the results of prayer in this church over and over and over and over and over again. We've seen it. We've seen God work through prayer. And so we really got some things we need to be praying for. I, I wish that every one of us would pray every day, Lord, come quickly. I'm ready for that, aren't you? But also, if you if we want to this land healed, we need to pray that prayer, and we need to repent and turn from our own sin, and so He will hear that prayer, and 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 He can turn our land around if we want want Him to. Now, I, at the same time, I believe that there's this world is headed in the direction He's going to use countries, He's going to use governments, He's going to use uh, all kinds of things to bring that past to get things under the control of the Antichrist. But at the same time, there's nothing to stop him from giving us times of, of spiritual awakening, giving us times of great revival where people come to know him. He's done that in the past. He can do it again. Amen? Yeah. Prayer is going to cause that. Prayer, is gonna, that's what's going to cause it. Without prayer, that won't happen. Okay? You believe that? Okay. So we need to continue this this. Uh, in his love and we need to continue in prayer we need to continue in bible study we need to continue in our own confession our own repentance so that we can stay uh, uh, holy before god and you know do you know how most people treat their salvation right now do y'all know what our salvation means think about this our salvation means we are betrothed to jesus christ he is the groom. He's the groom, and the church is his bride. The church, how many of you are the church? Just raise your hand. If you say you're the church. So we are betrothed to Jesus. Now, a lot of men think, I don't know about, I don't know about. It's, symbi it's symbolism, okay? It's symbolism. There, there's not going to be the, the marriage like it is between the man and the woman, but it's going to be a marriage where he is the the, the spiritual leader and we are the bride that follows him that that could uh, that commits ourselves to him but but just think about this how do we treat that relationship it, how many of you remember when you were young and and, and love for the first time and and you <laughs> some people don't think you gonna get it all <laughs> but think about it and you and you and you go to bed at night and, and all you would think about is that person that just don't tell me you didn't do this. You got in La La Land thinking about who it was you were sweet on and just you just oh my goodness and you'd be infatuated by that is the relationship we're supposed to have with Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be infatuated by him. And we're supposed to long for him. We're supposed to want to see him. We're supposed to be excited about him being our groom. Amen. We're supposed to be excited and ready, and that's the kind of relationship he asked for us to be excited about him. And not only to be excited about him, come, come, girl, come get us. We're going to study in Revelation here pretty soon about the marriage supper of the Lamb. I'm going to tell you how. I'm going to get excited about that. So you might as well get ready. And so that, that's an exciting time because that's where we are. That's where we'll be in glory. We'll be at that marriage supper. Why? We're going to be the bride. Hallelujah. Think about that. So how do, how do a lot of people treat their salvation like that? Like they, they can't wait to see Jesus. They can't wait to talk to Jesus. They can't wait to tell Jesus how much they love him. They can't wait to confide in him and commit themselves to him. No. You know how a lot of people treat their salvation in Jesus? Like a dusty old Bible. Like a one-night stand. I got saved. I went down to the altar. I'm good. Amen? Jesus is not going to be a one-night stand. Uh, yeah, he, he said, I want you to continue in me. Continue in my love. 
So we have we have looked at this, and we we might look back on our salvation with fondness and think about it, and then it goes back out the window. We we need to have that that desire to want to be with our groom, to want to be with that one that we love and that loved us enough to lay down his life for us, and is coming back to get us. He's building us a house right now. Amen. To live in. Praise God. And and I don't know about y'all. I can't wait to see that place. I can't wait to see it. It's going to be a beautiful place. So continue in his love. Now Jesus enters uh, into some uh, an if statement. Now, I know y'all, uh, I preached a sermon one time on that word, if. And man, when you look in the Bible, there's a lot of things that Jesus says I will do for you that is contingent on what you do. Mm-hmm. Now a lot of people don't like that idea. But that's what that little pesky word means. It's if, it, when it says, I will do this if you will do that, it's continued, contingent on if you do what he said, if you want what he said to begin with. Oh, that, 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 that sheds a different light on everything, doesn't it? Faith's great, but we can't change truth. Amen? Salvation's great, but it don't change truth. Knowledge is great, it don't change, change truth. And so uh, what, what Jesus says here in verse 10, look at what he says. If you keep my commandments, you shall abide in my love. Do you see that? If you keep my commandments. That's our part. His part is, if you do that, you're going to abide in my love. Now what does sin do? Scripture tells us. Separates us from God. Does it separate us from the love of God? Nope. But let me tell you what it does separate. It separates our love for Him. Because when we carry that sin, we're in we're in a reproach to Him. Amen? Why the Bible says sin is a reproach to any people. So He, he says, so you keep my commandments. And thank God, and we've talked about this before, we're going to talk again, we need to keep repeating, because that's why He keeps repeating what He does. We, we learn through repetition. Confession and repentance is a great blessing of God. It allows us to stay clean, to, to get clean, to stay clean, and to stay in His commandments. Yeah. Amen? Amen? It also leads to something else. As we stay in His commandments, we begin to grow in grace and knowledge and he begins to reveal more of himself and you learn more about him because you're in a right relationship with him. Does that make any questions or comments? Because this, this stuff is this is simple, really, when you think about it. Amen. And so, you know, he ain't like us. Somebody that does us wrong, we can't get over it, we can't forgive, we can't quit talking about it, we can't stay, quit staying mad every time we look out and get mad again. He ain't like that. Thank God he ain't like that. And if we stay in his love, we won't be like that. Amen? Forgiveness is a great benefit and a great blessing also because that repentance and confession leads to forgiveness of ourselves by God himself. And so he says, if you want my forgiveness, you've got to give it. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Now why do you keep he keeps stressing you gotta love one another? You gotta love one another. You gotta love one another. You got you know why? Because he's telling these guys, he keeps repeating to this guy, these guys, because he's fixing to leave. And their love for one another is going to become ultra important because it holds them together in unity if they, if they love one another. And so he, he tells them to do this. And so we don't need to treat our salvation like a one-night stand. He said, if you keep my commandments, if you obey, what do you get? We abide in his love. When we abide in his love, we receive something from him. The abiding presence of Jesus Christ brings something into our life that is really good. What does verse 11 say that is? Joy. I hear people all the time, I lost my joy. You better not have. You better not lose your joy. Because the joy in Jesus Christ is an eternal joy that we have by knowing that we belong to Him. Ain't got nothing to do with being happy. Yeah, we teach the kids, if you're happy and you know, clap your hands. 
It is that, don't it? We, it, but the, the greater song is, I got the joy, 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 joy down my heart. That's the greater song. You know why? Because happiness is a temporary condition. Joy is an eternal condition caused by the abiding presence and the love of God in us. Woo! Hallelujah! Isn't that beautiful? Amen! Christ in you. The hope of glory. That is the joy that we have. That is the joy that we have. And you say, well, if he loves me so much, why do I have to go through? We, we get, he went through stuff. We live in a broken world. We live in the midst of lost people. He walked in the midst of lost people. They persecuted him. They slandered him. They lied about him. They did everything, including killing him. And we don't think we're supposed to suffer like he did. We'll get to that here a little later too. He tells us, are you better than I am? <laughs> and we do. We don't want to suffer. We don't want to be persecuted. And what we wind up doing is trying to run from anything we think is going to bring that on us. Did Jesus run from it? No. no. Remember how the disciples tried to get him not to go to Jerusalem? Why did they want him not to go? Because they wanted to kill him. What did he do? He went. Because that's what he came to do. And so this is this is what he says. So we need to obey. And when we obey, he ab we abide in his love. He abides in us. And then we receive the joy that remains in us. And he says, and our joy is full. And so we don't never need to say, I've lost my joy. Never say that. If you do, you, 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 there's something missing in your heart. Amen? And so we need to, we, we, uh, sin has caused a brokenness in relationship and fellowship. You know, most of the time, broken uh, fellowship with God is a result of broken fellowship with one another. Did y'all know that? Our broken fellowship with God is a result of our broken fellowship with each other. That's why he connects those two commandments like he does. How many times have you heard, I don't like the people in that church. I'm not going to that church, but I don't like some of That's broken fellowship. That's broken fellowship with each other. And it does something, what does it do? It keeps you away from church. And, and you know, I tell you, I've got, I used to wouldn't say anything to people. You know, I'd tell them, well, you know, <laughs> that's, uh, you got a pretty weak Christianity if, if that's all, if that's what keeps you out of church. But here's the thing about it, there's churches all over the place. Why do you not go to church anywhere else then? So it's not, it's an excuse. And it's because of sin in their own lives. And a lot of times that, that broken fellowship with another believer is what, stems that. It's what causes that to, to come to the forefront. And so we, we need to think about that. Every one of us has faced challenges in, in relationships in the church house. Everybody just say amen. 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 Have you never got your feelings hurt at church? Somebody never said something to you you didn't really like? Hey, you keep living there, it's going to happen again. Jesus tells us we've got to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Love covers the multitude of sins. Uh, love helps us to the joy of the Jesus Christ and to obey him is to, to be able to forbear people. That means to put up with people. And sometimes, you know, and pray for those people who insult you. Pray for those people. And pray that the Lord would touch their hearts and, and mend the relationship. Not start talking about them behind their back and saying, I ain't going there anymore. Telling everybody, I don't like this person. I ain't going back there. You know what that does? That tells people that the bride of Christ is flawed badly. Amen? <laughs> and he has chosen his bride, and we are flawed. But he's going to fix that before he marries us. Praise God. Isn't that amazing? So we've got to get to that marriage supper. That's what we, that's what we need to get to. Amen? And so think about it. Think about it. And In uh, verse 12, Jesus repeats his commandment. Look at what he says. That, that we love one another. He says, he said, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. And then he goes to, and, and he begins to explain to them what he's talking about here. And he says this, 
Because, see, they still don't quite get it that he's fixing to die. He's, even though he's told them several times what he's doing, what's fixing to happen, they just can't grasp that. They just can't perceive that. Because in their mind, what, who is he? He's Messiah. And, but he's not, he's, he's not exactly what they were expecting. Yet they've witnessed the miracles that no one else could do but the Messiah. Nobody but God could do some of the miracles that they had seen him. They knew Lazarus was dead. They knew that little boy in that casket or that young man that was in that casket and his mama was grieving. They knew he was dead. Carrying him to bury him. They didn't know who he was. They knew and, and that Jesus gave him life again. Praise God. They saw these things. Nobody can. They saw people with withered limbs. They saw their limbs. I saw a, a lady today that was withered. And it, that scriptures, those scriptures of Jesus healing those people with withered limbs just popped in my mind immediately. And this lady's, I mean, her hands were just, and, and I'm not making fun of her. I'm just telling you what he did. And he'd go by and touch somebody and pop, they were straight. Their legs would be little and wrinkled and crooked and their feet deformed. And he'd say, rise up and walk and boom, they'd get muscle in their legs and they'd jump up and start jumping up and down. Who else could do that but God? That's who he was. And they had seen that. And they couldn't imagine him dying. And so he, he, so he begins to teach them something they needed to know. He, and he's wanting them to know now, before it happens, greater love hath no man than this. That a man lay down his life for his friends. <laughs> Think about that. That's how much he loves us. That he laid down his life. You know what? Each one of these apostles, except John, was going to lay their down their life for him before this is over with. Amen? Amen? There ain't no telling how many millions over the course of time since the church was founded that have died rather than reject Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. No telling how many have given their lives because they refused to reject Jesus Christ and renounce Him. They would not do it and they died for it. That's love. That's great love. That is the love of Christ Jesus from us to Him. Amen. And He said so, He said so, uh, greater, no greater love hath a man than he lay down his life for his friends. And look at what He says now. You are my friends. Up until now, they've been His Apostles, they'd been his disciples, they had been his servants, they had he'd tell them to go get this, fetch this, go do this, and they did. They prepared for him, they waited on him, they followed him everywhere he went. But he said, No, you're not my servants anymore. You're my friends. And he wanted them to know that they were his friends. We sing that whole song that they don't like to put in them books anymore. What a friend we have in Jesus. I hope they never take that out. Amen. What a, what a truthful song. And he, why is he our friend? Because he laid down his life for us. And uh, so he says, you are my friends. And if you do, if, now there's that word again, mm -hmm. you are my friend if you do what? Whatsoever I've told you. We're, we're never ever negated from the responsibility of obedience to God. Disobedience is sin. When you disobey and, and say, so so what's what's going on in our world today? Everybody's trying to change the commandment. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to change what we're supposed to do. Everybody's trying to change the word and make it seem like, well, you can do these things and it's okay. God's irritated, but he's not going to send you to hell. The scripture never teaches that. Not anywhere does it teach that. And so uh, we have to be careful that we don't fall into this world definition thing and the world trap uh, of and the devices of Satan that sent false preachers amongst us to preach these things, and they're very popular. <laughs> Amen. You know, you think about some of these preachers. Why would anybody send a hundred dollar check or two hundred dollar check to somebody that's got two dead airplanes that fly around? Them? <laughs> yeah. Think, think about that. They need a third. 
And you, you give up things that you could, for, for your own life, to give to them to flaunt that and to brag on it? Come on. That's deception and lies. And how somebody like that gets power over people, that is beyond me. It's beyond me. And the only way they can have power over people like that is these people don't have the only ghost. They no, no, no. They don't have that. I'm not their judges. I'm just going by what I'm looking at. Okay? And so, henceforth, I call you not servants anymore because he gives wine. He says, because the servant knoweth not what his Lord does. And Jesus is telling them what he's doing. And that took away the title of servant and made them his friends. Listen to me. God, think, think about what they, they were, the great beauty of those apostles that he called to be his. God would confide in them. Praise God. Isn't that beautiful? And when we read the words that they wrote, he's confiding in us also. That's what you need to look at. He's confiding. He is the, the best friend you ever had that loved you more than anything anyone else ever has or ever will who confides in you through this word. What makes it, it makes reading his word a whole lot more uh, exceptional to you when you look at it in that light, doesn't it? Amen. And we need to, to study it. And we need to weep over these pages. And we need to, to, to give glory to the one who, who had this all written to show us who he is and what he's done for us. And so, so he says, so uh, the servant knows not what his Lord does, but I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my Father. Look at this. I have made known unto you. Amen. Cool stuff right here. Okay? And so, and, and he says this, you know, we always say, well, I, I received Jesus. I accepted Jesus. I went to Jesus. Listen to me. The, the the rights to the claim of salvation is never squarely on us. Because Jesus said, no man can come unto me except my Father draws him. So he is the one that chooses. He's the one that invites. When we get this invitation on Sunday, it's nothing but a, an invitation from him to you. And it's not my invitation. I, I don't know about y'all, but uh, last two Sundays, our invitation time has been something of beauty to me. You know, I seen the daddy with a little girl hugged up, praying together. I, I broke my heart. We heard wailing last Sunday. Not making fun of anybody. But you know what God can deal with? You know what God wants from us? A broken heart and a contrite spirit. That's what he wants from us. We need to never ever wonder or make fun of somebody that gets up there and throws their whole self out to God. Amen. And it's going to sometimes be heard. We never need to make fun of it. We need never need to point a finger at it. We never need to repeat what they said. We need to go down there, surround them, hug them, love them, pray with them, and cause they're something. They need something from God, and they're ready to lament over it. That's a hallelujah moment. Praise God, isn't it? Though we never we let me tell you what it wouldn't hurt all of us to do that. Amen. Sometimes we need to have a tree kicking ceremony. But well, we're glad you ain't kicked a tree and, 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 and anger at ourselves, not other people. And scream and get it out of our system and, and let our hearts be broken before God. He uses that. He welcomes that. He desires that. Amen. Praise God. And that's what His Word proclaims to us. And so He said... You have not chosen me. I have chosen you. And then he says something else. I have ordained you. Have you ever looked at yourself? Now we, we always say, well, we ordained the deacons. We ordained the preacher. Do you know what Christ does for all of us when he saves us? He ordains us. But to do what? To spread the gospel. The preacher ain't the only one supposed to be spreading the gospel. The deacons ain't the only one that's supposed to go visiting and knocking on doors. 
And that all of us are supposed to do that. Every one of us. Amen. Write cards, send letters, do phone calls, do something in the name of Jesus and do it for His glory. Just call to tell you I love you. Ain't seen you in a few weeks. Just want to let you know we were missed when you ain't there. We love you. We'd love to see you again. If, is there anything I can do for you? Is something wrong? That's, that's what it's about. That's what the fellowship of the brethren is all about. Not finger pointing, not accusations, not I don't like this and I don't like that. And you call them up and they say, well, you know, some, you know, well, I know what's talking about. It just ticks me off around there too. Is that witness? Wrong kind of Amen. And so we have to be careful about those things because he's, he's chosen us. I have chosen you and I have ordained you. Now look at this, that you should go and bring forth fruit. I am the man. You're the branches. And you're supposed to bear fruit. Amen. You're supposed to bear fruit. Amen. And so that you and that your fruit should remain and whatsoever you shall ask of the Father in my name he may give it to you. You know what? Everybody you bear witness to may not get saved. Does that mean you have not borne fruit? Because see a lot of people think when I say that I'm talking about well you've got to go out and win lost people to Christ. No, you just got to go out there and tell all people about Christ. Yeah, it ain't our job to save. And, and listen, that bears, that carries weight with the Lord. You've done your part. The rest is up to them. Mm -hmm. I reckon you might say that he's telling us we need to be fruit peddlers. <laughs> We're fruit peddlers. There you go. That's a good way to put it. It's time to peddle some fruit around here. And this world needs some fruit. Amen. They, they, need, to, they need to know about this fruit. And, and that's why he says, and that your fruit should remain. Because he sees that, and you get a little check for that. You, th this is one of the things in, in glory when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ is going to survive the fire. Because <coughs> you've, you've obeyed him, you've given another person an opportunity, you've shared Jesus, you've witnessed to them. And whether they received the Lord or not, that, they're going to pay for that at the white throne judgment. You're not going to give them account for what they decide to do with what you gave them. Amen? You can't be saved for anybody. You can't be saved for your husband. You can't be saved for your wife. I have to share this a lot of times when people come to me and say, I want to join the church. I want to be a part of it. I know the Lord wants me here, but my spouse doesn't want to be. And I tell them the same thing. When you stand before Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of God, your husband or your wife ain't going to be standing next to you. Jesus Christ is. Amen? So do what He's telling you to do. If you feel like that's what you need to do, then you listen to Him and you do that and He'll take care of the rest of that stuff. You just be faithful in what you have control over. Be faithful in your own heart, in your own life, in your own conversation, in your own relationship with God and be a witness by that faithfulness to Jesus. Amen. How many of you ever met encountered people that when you met them, you knew they knew Jesus Christ. Have you ever encountered people like that? Amen. And, and, and when you talked to them, you could tell it, it was just drip, dripping off of them. The love of God. Now we need to do some dripping. I need more of my own than this to have a We need to drip. We need to drip Jesus. That's what we need to drip. And we have spent a lot of time on this little short verse right here, but it's so important for the thing. We need to take the time to digest what he's telling these people. Because what he's telling these people, he's saying to us also. Okay? And so he said, your fruit will remain. That means when you share me, when you witness me, you keep that fruit. It may not grow another vine. It may not grow another plant. But you, your fruit will remain in you. Because I write this now. I don't forget these things. You know, he's got a book. And it's called the Book of Remembrance. Do y'all know that? Look it up in, in the Bible. Go and get a concordance and look up at the Book of Remembrance and go to that scripture. He's got a Book of Remembrance. He's got more than one book, book up there now. And, and one of them is the Book of Remembrance. Could it be that that Book of Remembrance is going to be opened on that day of the, of the judgment seat of Christ? 
and he starts calling out the things he, he has written down in that book of remembrance that we did, we're not going to be judged for sin there. We're already, we're, already, uh, we're already in heaven. That's all past. That sin's gone while we're standing there. So now we're after reward. Okay? And that's how it comes. And so he said, but whatsoever you shall ask, this is the people, the people that are doing his will, <clears throat> the people that are loving him by keeping his commandments, the people who by keeping his commandments have his abiding love in them. He walks in them and they walk in him. He, and these are the people that he's talking to. If anything you ask for me, I'll give it to you. He don't say that for some yo-yo to get out there and start making money off of it. Mm -hmm. Amen? Amen. I, I love it when Peter and John later on go to the temple after they get the Holy Ghost. They go to the temple and they encounter that beggar. They can't walk. And remember what they said to him? He wanted alms. He had that little cup. What did they say? We don't have no money. They, they were dead broke. Boy, if they had pockets in them things, they'd pull them out and nothing but the dirt would have come out. But what we do have, I want to give it to you. Praise God. Fruit. That's what they had. They had it. They gave it. And he received it. Amen. Think about that. What was the result of that? They got carried in by the religious leaders. Chastised. Threatened. But why didn't they beat them? Because that guy was beside them, jumping them down. <laughs> And the people were all around them excited. This good lay a hand on them mm -hmm. in front of them people. Amen. Same reason they didn't grab Jesus a few times. Yeah. Amen. <clears throat> Think about that. That is the fruit that cannot be, that shall remain in us. And then the things that we ask of the Father in Jesus' name, He will give it unto you. He knows who's working for him. He knows who's obeying him. He knows who's keeping his commandments. He knows who confesses. He knows who repents. He knows who keeps themselves clean before him. I tell you all this all the time and I'll say it again. I mean it and we all need to adhere to this. I have to repent every day. Amen. When, if Paul proclaimed himself the chiefest of all sinners, who am I? Yeah. When Jesus laid it out where the very thought of a sin is a sin. Yeah. Wow. I don't know about y'all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes I might not be saying something, but I'm thinking a lot. <laughs> am I the only one? <laughs> God forgive me for the very thoughts. <clears throat> the vile thoughts. Amen. We need that. Amen. And then he ends this, uh, this verse right here, verse 17. These things I command you that you love one another. He says it again. Amen. That's five times in the last 30 verses he used that very phrase. Amen. Maybe a few more than 30 verses. But I haven't highlighted every time I saw that. Y'all, I know we could go on ahead and finish this chapter, but we're not. Because if Jesus explains to us something, we're going to study this next Wednesday night. Are y'all in a big hurry to hurry to get through with John? Y'all know if we get through with John, I'm just going to go to another book. We need to learn John, then we can go to another book. Amen. Amen. And I've been hearing people talk. Uh, I talked to Miss Carol today. She told me, she said, I've been watching those videos. Thank you, Jeremiah, for that. And uh, she said, I've been watching those videos. And uh, she said, uh, for your study of Revelation, your study of John. And so we, the word's getting out. And the word needs to be gotten out. It needs to be done in its simplest form. When you take every line and you digest it and you learn what it means. And don't just get the good parts, what we call the good parts. How many of you got favorite scriptures that you know? We all do, don't we? Well, them ain't the good part because all scripture is of equal value. And all scripture applies to someone. Amen. 
And so we got to learn that we got to learn as Gentiles, uh, and we're going to have to see this in Revelation. The thing that separates us and separates them, there is a separation. Amen. And so uh, we we need to understand that right now we are living, brother Sam, in the time of the Gentiles. We are living in that moment right now. Amen. And salvation is not going to come to Israel until the time of the Gentiles is fulfilled. And I fully believe that's when the church is raptured out of here, the Holy Spirit is taken out of here, and the time of the Gentile is over with, and the time of salvation to the Jews comes forth. And that's when all hell breaks loose on this earth. Amen. And they're going to be hard-headed and stiff-necked. You know, a lot of people, we, I hear a lot, and I, I know I'm going to close, but I hear a lot of people say, well, they're already poised to build the temple. They already got their garments. They already got a lot of that gold. They already got, they found out they can build this. And I said these things, y'all. They found out they can build that temple without building a mosque, uh, hitting a mosque. And they're going to build the, the, the new temple over the old temple site. They're going to do all of these things. Amen. And yet, you know what they're doing? They're living in sin, reproach, and idolatry to a holy God right now. The whole nation is filthy. Brother Gary, the guy that lives in Marietta, we talked about that cult that's been down there. And he said that they're worshiping an alien God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's like the Hellbop Comet. You remember those people? They were going to go, they were going to uh, help by uh, comment was sent by God and was going to swoop them up in his tail and they were going to ride that tail to heaven and all that stuff. Oh, I forgot about that one. Yeah, and, and their leader, I can't remember his name, he did, he pulled a Jim Jones and, and gave him, bought this big, uh, this house and then he put bunk beds all in it and on the night, the day before that comet was supposed to streak through the sky that night and they were going to go, they all drank this poison and committed suicide and got in their bed waiting on that comet to swoop them out. Mm -hmm. And all of them died. The comet didn't take a single one of them. And the man that had them to do that didn't drink it. <laughs> and that's uh, you, what makes people, I don't know. People want to believe. Here's truth. If you believe, it's got to be from right here. The rest of it's just shifting sand. Don't mean nothing. Amen. So, what is next Wednesday? What's that date? I know it's Wednesday. The date. He is supposed to date. September the sixth, I think. Sixth. I'm gonna write it down. I'll put the sixth. I might get it wrong, but that'll be September the sixth. Y'all don't forget to see the beautiful moon. Well, the third is Sunday. Well, that'll be the sixth in the morning. Yeah. Men's breakfast. Everybody needs to remember we have men's fellowship. Men's breakfast, Saturday morning. And uh, <laughs> we bought a double order last time, so we got all the stuff back there except the milk. And I'll bring the milk. I got that. You already got the milk? I ain't got it yet, but I'll need it. Okay. I'll need the milk. We got, got that. And There's still some eggs in there. It, well, that's what we're going to cook. Okay. Yeah. Is, yeah. There, is there no juice? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Juice is in there and everything. Everything's in there. We got a double portion last week. We didn't use all of what we had, so we got plenty to do it again. Well, it must have been that other refrigerator because there's one juice in there that's got that much in there. Yeah. It's in the door. There's two jugs of juice on the door. Yeah, it's in the door. There's two jugs in the door. So, y'all don't forget Sunday morning, uh, Saturday morning, if you can be here. Bob, is Kyle supposed to be here? I don't know if he had. Talk to him, but he didn't say yeah or nay. Well, we need to know. Anyway, I'll find out. We have a man that's a, a, a Methodist that's wanting to come give his testimony to us, and he's got a good testimony to be involved with him. And I don't know where he's going to be here this Saturday or not, but he wants to come to a man's breakfast and share with us. <coughs> so, we'll, Do you still make gravy for him? Mm -hmm. I can't. Well, I'll tell you what, we don't want to know how to make it. Right now, they're scared to say your gravy ain't good. If I made it, they wouldn't be a bit afraid of your gravy ain't worth a flip. Anyway, I love y'all. Thank y'all for y'all forgetting that. Don't forget Brother Bill and Sister Carol being prayer for him. Uh, like I said, he's in the hospital. He's been in one night in the hospital. I don't know what his room number is. She was supposed to send me a text, but she didn't. And I really enjoyed getting to know her today. 
it was really a, a treat to, to uh, get to know her and where she's from and all about her kids. And all. It was really a blessing to, to be able to do that. So, uh, any of, anybody else got anything to say before we dismiss? And don't forget about these signs. And uh, like I said, you're going to put a list back there for people to sign. So, uh, you know, kind of at least leave one so she can get that code off of it. And if, and if we got enough people sign up, we'll try to make sure every household gets gets a sign if they want it. Okay? I'll take one up there. We're not allowed to put up nothing at the house. No, no you live in a, in a government's private uh, place. So yeah, I've been seeing the no smoking signs all over the place, but I've seen people out in the yard smoking. If they get Hmm. I can't go there then. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give Miss Kay tomorrow. You got what time's your appointment? It's at ten thirty. Ten thirty in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Where are you going? Where are you going? To Tyler. I just gotta go. No. No, you need me to go? I can't go. I got No, there's a friend of mine. Y'all remember Anita? She's got to go see her. Uh, I remember Anita Yeah, remember her. She's got to go see her uh, cancer doctor tomorrow. And, uh, all mine is just going down for an MRI okay. tomorrow, and then I'll go back again next week for the results. Okay. okay. Which stand? Brother Jim Foster, you dismiss it. Dear Lord, I'm just coming before you tonight, just thanking you for the opportunity we've had to come together to study your word. Lord, just ask that you open our hearts, open our minds, and give us the ability to follow your commandment, to love one another as you have loved us. Lord, that's, that's going to be a hard thing for us sometimes, but Lord, you, you can give us the strength to do your word and do the deeds that need to be done. Lord, if we go away from this place, we just ask you to reach down and touch the ones that have been mentioned standing in the need of prayer tonight. Lord, just work your way in each and every life that's been mentioned those that we don't even know about, Lord, we just ask your blessing upon them. Lord, just give us traveling grace as we go away from this place. Lord, just give us the strength to come back the next time the doors are open. Lord, we just ask these things in your name. Amen. Amen. Amen.